0: Hey, we're live. Hey. Welcome, everybody. Hey. To Rug Roast.
1: What's going on?
0: We got Sasha in the audience.
1: Where's the audience down. Sasha's the only one we need.
0: That's, I actually only do this show for Sasha. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> you I should said- just record it and send it to Sasha.
1: It's the only way he can get content in. He's got to listen to it like it's a radio station from the 1920s. Right.
0: <laughs> He's got it coming through on a radio. Uh, or she, because Sasha could be oh. maybe an old Asian lady.
1: Well, he, no. he tosses at me like a like a Russian sailor. So I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's actually factual. But who knows? who will be.
0: Yeah, oh, he's Russian. got some good audio clips for Not sure. Not just a regular
2: trailer, a Russian one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he yeah, he's Bosnian, but he definitely sounds Russian for sure. That's probably a that huge scary. insult. I
1: know nothing about geography. He's probably pissed off in the Discord right now, cussing me out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know like who's at war with who or like what's uh, good or bad on that in that part of the world, but uh, hey, it is what it is. Um, welcome, Ed. Thank you. He said fake news. Um, 21, (laughs)
1: what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Today has been hectic as hell, but uh, I'm glad to be here, as always. Nice. Hey,
0: you like my my new print behind me?
1: I mean, it's an upgrade for sure. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know the wife likes it, which the wife cannot like that poor excuse for a wreck guy that you have next to it. So maybe, maybe just take that down and just leave, you know, the rug up. It's very nice.
0: I can see why you'd want me to do that as you feel threatened by the power of victory. Um, hence the continuous flooding of it. Um, which is fine. I mean, it's okay to fund something if you're scared of it. I'm, not, I don't blame I'm you. not
1: scared of it. I just have to put you in your place every week. That's all. But uh, I like the print. I like uh, it's behind glass. It looks very lovely. I heard the wife likes it. A uh, bunch of people have been getting it done. So and hanging them on the walls. I've been I've been looking at it. I don't own any, but congratulations! It looks beautiful. And I'm frozen, or is that? I think that's just just... frozen. Okay. Yeah. You can't be frozen, Burn, because you're the one that's running all of it. So I wonder how quickly how are we, working? <laughs> we are all going to get kicked out of this. Uh, so while we let Burn figure his life out, Ed, why don't you? We usually start off with asking uh, our guests to give a little personal rundown okay. of you know how they got into Web three and crypto, and and then do uh, a rundown of um, you know your project.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of, uh, a, a little lengthy, but cause kind of a lot of things I've done over my life have brought me to where I am with this. Um, okay. well, you let's know, I'm, I'm basically, a, a you know, I was born in the seventies of a child of the eighties high school in the nineties. Um, so I spent a lot of time in arcades growing up, um, birthday parties, pizza parlors, wherever, um, and also, um, I played baseball my entire life, so I wasn't really into collecting baseball cards. Um, <laughs> hey, he's back. I'm back.
0: <laughs> I, swear, I have good internet, dude, but like I pay a lot for it anyway. Yeah. It's like 500 megs. I mean, that's not bad. It should work fine, but we rugged out. We're back, though. <laughs> um,
1: well, Ed was just introducing himself, so shut up.
0: Yeah. Okay, Ed, can you start over?
2: Uh, just because sure. everyone on Twitter didn't hear you. Sure. <laughs> sure. So um, I'm a, basically a child of the 80s. I grew up in arcades. Um, I grew up collecting baseball cards. I grew up playing baseball. Um, and, and those two things will kind of interconnect here in a minute. Um, went to college to play baseball. Um, got into IT. Kind of had been in IT for 25-plus years. Um, about, I want to say maybe 1999, 2000, I came up with this idea, Um, you know, MAME, the multiple arcade machine emulator got big, you know, you can play all these old games at home. Um, So I came up with this idea called the arcade in a box, which was basically a huge control panel that had, you know, two player controllers, computer, everything built into this box that you would just plug into your TV and you could play. All these games of course now you can find these on amazon for like 300 bucks that do the same thing but mine were big and large and they were like in sky mall magazine and uh, they were expensive um, and i kind of moved from that to making uh, custom arcade sticks for like uh, professional street fighter players um, so i did, we did that for several years i had a, a custom shop and about two years we we're making i don't know 30 to 40 custom sticks a week um sending out. This was kind of when Street Fighter 4 just came out, so mm-hmm. 08, 09. Um, and then the other big companies like Madcats and whatnot started getting into that market and kind of pushed us out. So I I built an actual arcade where we would run Street Fighter tournaments, we would run some other stuff. Uh, and at that same time I started collecting arcade cabinets and restoring them. Um, had them all set up at the arcade for people to play. But mostly I would restore them and, and sell them and buy new ones and restore those. Um, and then got back into baseball cards probably maybe a year or two before COVID um, when they started getting sort of big again. I mean, at COVID is when they kind of launched. I started doing breaks. Um, for those of you who don't know what card breaks are, basically you buy a bunch of cards and people buy in to the break and everyone gets a team or whatever, and you break the card. So I did that for about a year, um, on YouTube and then prices got crazy with COVID. Uh, and then that kind of leads into NFTs. I heard about N- uh, NBA top shot kind of, there was that connection between, uh, you know, sports card collecting and, uh, NFTs. So. Got into Top Shots kind of at its heyday, Uh, made a little bit of money buying and selling those during that time. Um, And then just I got on a buddy and I really got into like Wax, wax Wax.io, where they had like the Street Fighter card launches. And um, I think the first NFTs I bought that weren't Top Shot were the Atari 2600 uh, cartridge NFTs. I don't know if you guys remember those on Wax. Uh, They were early on, but they were basically replicas of the Atari 2600 game boxes is what they were. And I just remember at that time. Sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it was a while. This was, like, early on, right? But I remember at the time going, why? like, I just bought this, you know, Pac-Man 2600. Like, why can't I play it? Like, it's just a box that spins around. Like, why wouldn't you just give me the game? to play to where I could digitally own it on the blockchain and then have access to it whenever I wanted to play it. Because you know, there's that whole thing with emulation and ROMs and you don't, unless you own the actual cartridge, you don't own legal right to have the ROM. So this would kind of solve that that issue, right? So I came up with the idea of initially making playable NFTs and that kind of turned into what Arcade.io is now. Um, it's been about two and a half years we've been working on it. We've been building a framework for the website from scratch um, this time. I'm actually, I'll be uh, completely honest and blunt with you guys. I hire a, a software engineer that took care of all the Web3 stuff. I'm not a Web3 developer. Um, it was too much pressure for me to try to learn how to make smart contracts. And, you know, that's just, <laughs> that scared me. So I hired a really good dude that has been working on it from the beginning. Um, and I just handled the, uh, the game development. So what we did is made, um, at launch, the first game's going to launch in October. Um, the games are, there's going to be five games coming out. They're all uniquely or developed specifically for Arcade.io. I did all the development on these first five. Um, and the way it works is um, you buy the game in a crate. And then there's eight rarities of that game. You open the crate, you figure out what rarity you got, and then you can play the game. The the catch is, it's sort of like owning an old arcade cabinet, where if you don't own the cabinet, you can't play the game, right? Because, you know, then they're not connected to the network or anything. So with the NFT, um, you can go to the website, click play, and then you can play that particular NFT that will hold the top ten high score. Um, And then there'll be a global high score list as well for like all the games um, or all the cabinets of that particular game. Right. So the idea kind of was to bring kind of that collectible, the arcade cabinet, um, all those kind of things together into one project. Um, But making it as kind of as simple as possible for new people into this uh, arena, I guess, because frankly, NFTs are confusing for, <laughs> for most people, right? I mean, um, even you know, getting my my uh, my parents up on my website, you know, installing MetaMask, getting it set up, you know, that whole process. Uh, so yeah, sorry, I kind of rambled there for a bit, but uh,
0: twenty-one, you are on mute, so you're just like talking, and there's no noise
1: coming out. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. Um, I was saying, you know, mass adoption of normies is is kind of where it's at, but the tech is, you know, complicated and not there yet. I was going to ask, so what parts of the game are on-chain? What does that look like?
2: Um, so the games themselves are, are not on-chain. They are hosted on an IPFS server. Um, they are hosted server-side. We have a bunch of anti-cheat mm-hmm. elements put into it. So people can't like be cheating with high scores and whatnot. Um, really the only thing that's on chain is the NFTs themselves. So,
1: and is the, you said that the, the NFTs hold the top 10 highest scores for that NFT Correct. is that, is that then put on chain? Like, is that in the metadata itself?
2: Yes, I believe so.
1: (laughs) And then the the rarities, um, you said there are eight different rarities per game. Does that mean that there's eight different instances of the game? Does it look different?
2: No. So the the game, the gameplay itself is identical uh, across the different rarities. The rarities are more just kind of the NFT kind of the way I try to explain it to, to new people is the NFT is really just like the key or the quarter that allows you to play the game. Gotcha. So from the website, when you go to your, my arcade and you click on your, your game and you click play, there's all, there's a, there's a transaction that comes up. It's a free transaction that verifies that you are the owner of that NFT before you can play it.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I think something that uh, might be interesting is that, you know, and I don't, I'm not a game developer, so I don't know how complicated this might be. Um, but for rarity level, if you link them to like a special color and just the accent color of the game that the, the rarity got to play was different, um, it could help with like, promoting the rarity and the gamification and like if i took a screenshot and red is like the elite tier then everybody knows that i'm playing the elite tier of the game mm-hmm. um, and nobody else has access to that right so it kind of just feeds into the that, that kind of gamification mode that that most of us like to lean into when we're looking at rarity yeah. um but just a thought
2: yeah it would totally be easier to do because as of now like when you get to the high score page of, of your game when you're playing it like it shows you the rarity in the corner right so m- making a little modification to the color of the background or something in game uh would not be difficult to do um and actually it can be done before we even launch
1: so, yeah, uh, so that's okay. a great idea maybe Thanks. something to think about
0: yeah or even like a boost of some like something to make like, if you can't get, get, like, a really rare one, maybe you could, like, get an advantage in the game somehow, which I know that might be a little more difficult to do. But, um, like, as a gamer, you want to get an advantage any way you can. So if there's, you know, if it gets really competitive and there's some that can give you a slight advantage over the other right. um, holders, you know, people might be willing to uh, trade those around quite a bit.
2: Yeah. Do you guys think that that will affect the kind of the uh... – since there's an overall score leaderboard for, for each game, do you think that will affect the?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, in my in my viewpoint, no, because look at other kind of Web3 games, look at like Dookie Dash. Dookie Dash, you could get power-ups and stuff by I think using ApeCoin, but they all ran off of one leaderboard. So I don't think that necessarily affects it. It actually, for people that are chasing high score on leaderboard globally, like that's also another incentive to trade for those rarer um, NFTs because it gives them a better chance to actually be able to accomplish that high score.
2: Interesting. Okay. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot of
0: gamification you could do for sure. Um, just to make it, I don't know, find ways to encourage um, rarity and uh, more desirability among certain um, tokens in your collection. Um Cool, okay, so you mint, right? So you're gonna do a mint, and then, yeah, is it like so we, a continually open mint, or like, what does that look like?
2: So we I pre-mint. um since everything's sold in in crates, basically we mint the crates. Um, the goal is to have the way the rarities broke out is there's basically one thousand four hundred and forty one of each game. <laughs> Um, which makes it kind of interesting is most game developers want as many people to play their games as possible. Whereas me, I'm like, you have to be one of these 1,400 people to be able to play the game at any given time. Uh, you have to own it to play it. Um, so, and then when uh, through our website, when you open the crate, um, that's when the the uh, the mint happens to the actual game NFT.
0: Nice. So, are you okay? So, I know you've you're well versed and well networked in the arcade community, I would imagine, just based on your experience. So, are you planning to market this to some of those normies? uh, We call them
2: yes. Um, it hasn't been easy. (laughs) Uh, retro gamers in general uh, tend to hate NFTs so. Um, That's kind of been uh, that's kind of been one struggle, uh, you know, from the beginning is just I mean, some of the hateful replies I get just to be like, hey, do you I'd love to do an AMA and just let people blast me with questions like I don't care, like, bring it on, I'll I'll answer truthfully and honestly, like why I'm doing it, why it's on the blockchain. I mean, really, the only reason it's on the blockchain is for the integrity of the high scores, right? That's really the only thing that, that we're using the blockchain for. Is to know that those high scores can never change and that that nft will be locked down with those scores forever um
1: so yeah but I, need, like, an analogy, view, I, I need i need to find somewhere in history where like the very technology was that was created to benefit somebody was just trashed <laughs> relentlessly by that group of people because the use case for blockchain technology and gaming is just hands down ridiculous, but every gamer hates it. And I don't, you were talking about the (laughs) test paper and like, is it because gamers like missed it and they didn't make any money like the first time around? Or like, I just don't know why they vehemently hate it so much when like, why would you spend all kinds of money or all kinds of time to earn certain things that, like, you can't profit off of? If I have one of one gun in a certain game and I and it's worth something, like, if it's on a blockchain, I can easily sell that thing. And it can – or it could go with me eventually to other games that embrace blockchain technology. Like, it's right. just – so crazy to me that there's that much hate in the in the gaming industry for nfts when in like 10 years every game is going to be built on blockchain whether people know it or not like it's just it's insane
2: i mean you look at like i mean i don't play a lot of modern games but one game i do play is nlb the show and just the amount of money you spend in cards and building up cards and buying packs in that game and it's just all fake money you know (laughs) like
1: yeah there's well, no record Burn. of you really Burn. holding it. Burn, you were like, uh, yeah. you know, people that spent like a hundred K to like max out like everything on a game. And it's like that, that money means nothing unless you can sell your account. And there's and no like it. secure way to actually sell your account so you can get scammed. Like, it's just, you're it's just a-
0: flipping your password to some rando and like, right. wherever, right. like, Hey, I hope, I hope they send me the money. Yeah, like it's insane.
1: <laughs> anyway, and, and they're
0: like I hate NFTs.
1: Yeah, all of that to say, you know, fuck the haters at this point because they don't know that this technology is like going to be the backbone of their industry in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like in Footloose, like in the town like they're not allowed to dance and uh and all all Kevin Bacon wants to do is just dance. That's all yeah. he wants and he's not allowed to.
1: All we want to do is play games on blockchain. But, yeah. but we're not allowed to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that reference made zero sense at all.
1: It's absolutely none whatsoever. I'm yeah. glad you thought <laughs> it's that. It's but you, but you yeah.
0: threw in Kevin Bacon, so. <laughs> I just wanted to squeeze him in. I mean, we did Dirty Dancing for our intro on Twitter, um, sprinkling some foot loose, some, some 80s um, references. Burns Living His Childhood. Yeah. We're talking about arcade games. Um, yes, yeah, so, um, so, you know.
1: the five different games, can you kind of give us an example or kind of an idea of what they look like or the yeah, themes? Yeah.
2: Um, actually, if you want to, can I share my screen? I think uh, it yeah. looks for you. I think you can. Is it the
0: present button? Do you have like a present? Yeah, yeah. does it say present at the bottom? Yep. Uh, All right, yeah, I tried to, but then my um, internet wanted to explode, so I uh,
1: backed out of that. Moment. There we go. Look at that.
0: Hey.
2: So let's see. I think I have some. Yeah, so the first game that's coming, so this is called, can you see that? I know the think GIF is kind of small. It's going to get a little blurry. Can, can you guys see that? No, it doesn't show. I... Does it present not that. share
1: the whole screen? Uh, it might just be presenting like one tab. Is there an option to just share your entire screen? Oh,
0: there we go. Yeah, you yeah. can choose what shows. And then if you like open another screen, you can like up at the top, you can say share this screen instead. Okay. Do you guys see that now?
2: Let me. There uh, we, oh. Go. Oh, here we go. There we go. So this is the first game. Uh this was one that's coming in out October. So this is called Barrage. So a lot of the games this first round are kind of just um quick, quick to play, high score getting games. Um and in order to make the scores like not like uh like everything is worth hundred points, right? Everyone's gonna get the same score by the end. So there's little there's little tricks in each game that generates a higher score. I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it, but um so you can see that the score is like up to i think 10 decimal places so hopefully the scores will be quite a bit unique on each cabinet um you won't have a bunch of the same score over and over again but initially this game gets progressively harder and faster you have you know your arrow keys and your waz keys you shoot the different color um enemies as they're flying in uh to the the main base there um, I don't I don't know exactly sure which one's coming second. Um, but this is just kind of a, you know, Mario Kart was big for me growing up. The the time trials is trying to like get the best time on the track every time. So this is kind of an overhead uh racer. There's an arcade game called Super Sprint, Super Off-Road, that type of stuff. This is a, a single track, three laps, um, best time. Again, there's some ways to kind of enhance your score um, by not crashing into walls and uh, and doing some other things. Um, <clears throat> this game you'll probably see just new tracks coming out as different series of the games launch um, in the in the future. Um, and then we've got uh, this is so I actually posted this on Twitter the other day. So um, frenzy, uh, berserk, or a couple games that I some of my favorite arcade games that uh, this game is basically modeled after but put in a kind of a pixel cowboy um, setting. Um, His name is Gunner West, and he's trying to save his horse, basically, is what's going on here. Um, Game number three is, um, and I think I closed the window. Uh, gotta save my horse <laughs> so this is uh, at first glance looks like kind of a blatant asteroids ripoff. Um, but again there's some unique scoring features in it that, uh, that kind of modify your score a little bit this is called Mission to Mars and then the last one um, this one is called Wicked Wizard um, this is kind of uh, I don't know how you kind of describe this game. It's kind of like a catch-em game. Um, There's an older game called Kaboom, um, Egomania. This one is kind of a flip flip the script. The the king, the goofy king gets captured and the princess is trying to, to save him. So you're basically collecting these fireballs and firing back at the wizard before fire lands and burns the king to death. So those are the initial five.
1: As if Burn didn't do anything all day already. Uh, if you give him one of these NFTs, he's never gonna work again. Yeah, I don't work anyway. I mean, like I pretend I'm really good at
0: pretending to, but
2: <sighs> oh, so yeah, these are the crazy kind of how they come, and then you have your gate, your your NFT here, which. Um, there's- music and background based on the NFT uh, based on the rarity. And um, you play played here, and then it also shows the sports group. And, know, and then there's also a global, a global score list where all the games will be listed here, and then that's kind of the global high score list.
0: So all are right. there any benefits to high score people? Are you doing, like, seasons where you're doing giveaways, or what does that look like?
2: Um, That's the plan. We don't have anything set in stone yet. We kind of want to get launched first and see where that takes us. Um, But the whole, I really wanted to have the global high score list there. Um, So we could in the future do some achievements or, you know, when new games come out, you know, the top 10 scores can get a, a, you know, a free white list to the new games or, you know, stuff like that. Definitely want to have some kind of achievements. I know achievements are big for gamers, for modern gamers. They like their achievements, so. Oh yeah, and s- achievements
0: and skins. Yeah, I skins. I don't know if you can. You can do arcade skins that you like. Put a skin on your game or something. There you uh, go. Uh, so, what, how much are these going to cost? What's the price?
2: So we're looking at right now the games. Um, I'm leaning for about twenty dollars. Um, you can you can do. Uh, it's all on the Polygon Network. The reason we're on polygon is the only gas that customers have to use are when they open their packs or to open their crates um, all the high score transactions all that are done in the back end uh out of my out of our pocket so there's no there's no seen gas fees after you open the game and you're playing it um so it's kind of it's kind of hidden a little bit kind of like that courtyard thing i was watching that um earlier a lot of the the back end transactions you don't see um. So I'm leaning it's twenty dollars. Um, You can pay Matic credit card or um, Ethereum on Polygon, and
1: that'll okay, be. So
0: you pay credit. Oh, I'm,
1: I was gonna ask, and that's every every game, right? Every single game, you would pay to get a new crate, like. Yes. Okay. I was if gonna 30, say if you wanted to
2: buy four market. barrage crates, then it would yeah. be twenty dollars per. Yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
2: Go ahead, so, go ahead. okay,
0: so. I'm a normie. I want the game. I pay with my credit card. Does that automatically like create a wallet for me in the background so I don't have to do all the crypto stuff? Or?
2: No. Unfortunately, we didn't get that uh, advanced. Um, I have basically tutorial videos that walk people through the steps. Um, it's kind of the easiest way I could think to make it. Um, setting up MetaMask, um, how to use Coinbase to Matic. Um Thankfully, Matic is on Coinbase now, so it's actually easy to get Matic into your wallet because when I started this two years ago, it was not easy to get Matic, (laughs) in the U.S. anyways. Um, Yeah, a little painful. Um,
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of work. That's going to make it probably impossible to onboard. Well, I won't say impossible, very difficult to onboard people. But yeah. last week on the show, we had Courtyard, and mm-hmm. they mentioned a company that does that onboarding. So they use their
2: credit card, and it builds it all in the back. Privy, I that. I know. Yep, I watched that, and I actually just pulled it up before we got on. So I'm definitely going to look into that. I don't know if we'll have the time to implement it for this first round. Um, maybe we will. Uh, the thing is, since you need Matic to open the packs, I don't know if we can just feed the wallets with some Matic ahead of time, like as they're created or, cause I mean, it, you know, it costs like 0.003 Matic or something to open a crate. It's not like it's super. Yeah, it would, so.
1: Um It would be really interesting like to, to at least touch base with them. Right. Because um, you know, what Burns alluding to is like the the less things you have to have people do, the better your chances of actually this becoming successful so if you can basically hide the web 3 technology <laughs> behind the scene yeah, um, yeah. and nobody really has to interact with it um the better and so like if somebody was going to use a credit card because they have no idea what matic is or what a blockchain is um the last thing they're going to want to do is like use a credit card and then get instructions on like, okay, you need to set up this wallet and you need to fund this wallet and then you're gonna need to be able to do this. Um, It's very complicated, right? And so um, you've seen other people have success with it too. Top Shot, I think, automatically created you a wallet after sign up and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if, if it's not doable by launch, I definitely think it would behoove you to kind of look into technology like that for the future.
2: Okay, definitely will. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed until I watched that Courtyard thing, and I was like, oh, okay, that would be very nice.
0: Yeah, and to that No, I mean, looking at your target audience, it's such a niche group, right? I, I think you really got to target the people who like the old school arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to pick some up outside of that, but I think it's a real niche target market. And in order to onboard them, um, it's not an NFT project. You're... Um, I would probably phrase it as like arcade games that are limited supply that you actually own online, you know, just find a way to word it without saying NFT, blockchain, or crypto. Keep keep those uh, words right out of it. And maybe that's how you onboard them. But in order to do that, you got to have that seamless process at mint or purchase and it's all gotta be done on the back end, even if that means you throw like 500 bucks worth of Matic in a wallet to just feed that. I mean, that'll right. that should last you a long time. Um, yeah, it, you gotta make it so it's not crypto and not NFTs. You got a Trojan horse in mean, it, I think.
1: <laughs> I love how this is a this is a crypto Web3 show, and the advice we give every week is <laughs> buy the technology. Don't let them know yeah <laughs> don't tell people
0: what you're actually doing
1: don't you gotta to trick you them be honest with anybody lie to them from the beginning see and then you wouldn't have to have any of those questions from those gamers if you wouldn't have said web3 you could have just said i'm releasing this cool version of uh of a project where you're going to get to play old school you know games that i came up with that right. look like games from the 90s or the 80s
2: and then in three years you're like haha yeah exactly, all along. exactly. <laughs> suckers Suckers, gotcha
0: <laughs> yeah i think dishonesty is a key ethos of uh, web3 <laughs> in our culture so you definitely want to hit that as hard as you can yeah
1: totally nab-
2: totally nab- the- nab- to, to dishonesty
1: hit. every time we have a show i have to say a disclaimer verbally for burn doglers degenerate habits don't lie to your customers just not. They don't need to know the technical details, right? Of, of what's going Speaking on? Speaking of
0: degenerate hat, um, and I, I actually, you kind of got me into this. Twenty one is. Um, I've been gambling on roll Oh
1: doing some
0: some leverage trades. But we're going to lose about that later.
1: Come talk to me. Come talk to me in a month. You'll lose it all. You'll you'll be down to nothing. No way. I'm going to turn three
0: hundred dollars into.
1: You're not Mando. Knock $20. it off. You're not I, Mando. Knock it off.
0: Dude, I've got a pretty good British accent. I'm not gonna do it right now, but I think if I just start speaking British accent only and like reading a lot and like being smart, I actually
1: I got locked out of my robot account and I'm trying to get back into it because I won a hundred bucks from Amanda the other day and I can't claim it until I can log back in.
0: Send me the password. I think I can probably get in. Uh just shoot me your password and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Take care
1: of that for you. But uh <laughs> what else Ed? What else are what else should we know about about the launch? It's coming in October. Do you guys have a set yeah. date?
2: Uh not yet. I'm probably gonna get to that uh probably the next couple of weeks. Uh, right now we launched um I kind of did a, a pre-launch uh they're called posters uh for each one of the games we made. So whether you know it or not, back in the day they made um arcade flyers. That this is the people that made the game would send to the coin operators to be like hey buy my game right they're selling these arcade cabinets um so I kind of designed these five flyers for each one of the games um they're more like movie posters I guess than flyers um so we do have those they're kind of sold in the same way they're sold in a poster tube um, but they're all they're all bundled in like you're not just buying one game you're just buying a tube and then you're getting one of the six rarities of one of the five games Um, But I also threw into those tubes uh, golden tickets for each of the games. So if you you can redeem a golden ticket to get an early access beta cabinet for each of the games, like three or four days before it launches officially. So little Willy Wonka thrown in there. Um, And then those are, the tubes are only a dollar. There's like 1.8 Matic or something right now. Um, And those are on the website. Uh, I think there's about 2,300 left. So...
1: Yeah, I like that. I like, uh, I like that you're staying true to kind of the classic gaming experience back in the day that you're familiar with. It definitely uh, niching down to a particular target audience, I think, is really good, especially when it comes to gaming like this. It's like a cult following. So I think it should be pretty easy for you to find a, a target audience um, once they all find you, basically, it's spread like wildfire. Um, and that gamification experience is always nice. Early access is, um, is nice. People want those little those little perks when it comes to supporting an NFT project. So um yeah, I think I think that's great. I uh I wish you all the best of luck while you were launching. It seems like you guys will have run through stuff from a web three experience, like launching an NFT, getting people to buy it, revealing all of that stuff in the background. So um it seems like that might have been used also as a dry run so that you when you do launch you uh, you've already know that the stuff's going to work which i
2: think is also really smart um yeah. it's so, exactly yeah. how we, why we built the posters the way i did because i wanted right. to make sure um and it would get people on board with you know the the difficulty of getting on board uh, if they get on board with the posters then they're already there when when the games come
1: I think, that's, I think that's really, really smart. A lot of people, uh, they put all their eggs in one basket. They're going to launch a project and they're going to do all of these things on day one. Uh, and then if there's a technical problem, you get delays or it doesn't work properly. And so, um, you know, onboarding people beforehand, making sure all your contract stuff and language, Web3 language behind the scenes works properly beforehand, um, just ensures that you'll have a smoother launch. So I think that was really smart.
2: Yeah, we've been at this for, like I said, a little about two and a half years. Um, and we have a test net, we have a staging net that's basically live but not publicly public to people. So we can test everything with real real money and real crypto and everything before everything launches. So um the the launch date has I mean, initially this was gonna come out in six months, right? And then it was a year and then a year and a half, right. and I'm just like I don't want to keep making these promises of when it's going to come like and then it not come i don't want people to be buying in and then you know it gets rugged and never comes like i want to make sure that it's built and and ready to go and quality you know
1: for for those of us who you know aren't fortunate enough to do web3 full-time um you know the hours it's complicated to get the work done after work or after family time work-life balance is rough and the hours of, of development times is kind of creep up on you and that six months then turns into two years but you know it is uh i think this space needed to learn some patience um the rate at which people were developing and launching stuff um led to a lot of things launching and then not working or breaking or they were launched just to be a scam. Um, and if people were ever familiar with how long a development process is for most companies or most gaming companies, like they're not releasing things in a two to six month time frame. They're releasing things in multiple years to five year time frame depending on the development. So um, yeah, I don't I don't knock you for taking the time. I uh, I think that you know you want to get it right for the people that want to stick around and the people that have stuck around are kind of the community you want anyway. So What's your score 21? Ooh, what's my score? You know, I really like um ah, what's my score? Okay, I'm going to give you a 7.420. Uh I'm going to do that because I'm a gen and uh I like that you're so niche down. And it's a small supply for the costs that you're associating with it, right? So like 20 bucks, I know I know you said there's gonna be like 1400 instances of each game, but like 20 bucks to play an online game, like I could see that being wildly popular, especially with a crowd, um, an older crowd. And I think smartly uh, you kind of targeted an older crowd. I know it's, it comes from your background but most the, the biggest kept secret in Web three is we're all like thirty seven year old males, uh, and so it's a great target audience that you're that you're gonna be uh, available to be uh, customers of yours. So um, I think that's really really smart. I think you didn't overcomplicate it by put it trying to put every single aspect of the game on chain, which could have been very technically heavy. Um, just putting the NFT on chain. Hopefully, I'm hoping, and you'll have to check with your Web3 guy that the high score is actually changed in a metadata perspective for the NFT. Um, But keeping the scores on chain, I think that's really smart as well. Um, And it already seems like you're very, very far down the development cycle. You've already tested a few things on your community. You're worried about adoption, so you'll make the necessary changes to do that over time. Um, And then being on Matic and paying for most of the, thing, the things behind the scenes um, and not asking the people that you onboard to do it, I think is a, a great lesson that we learned from last uh, last week. So, yeah, man, I think it's solid. I think that uh, I don't have the time to play. I wish I did. Um, but I do really like the concept for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to give it a...
0: Six point nine four two zero six nine four two zero. Um <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, you've got a niche market, like 21 said, I, um, I think it's really important that you find a way to hide the fact that it's web three, um, you know, just disguise what we really are. If you want to really hit your target market, cause as soon as they hear NFT or crypto, they're going to think uh, you're trying to scam them and like break into their house and kill their dog. Um, so I, mean, I would like, uh...
1: I think that's okay. I'm going to let you finish. Actually. I think he froze, which is perfect. Sound <laughs> yeah. You don't need to hide it. Right. It's like saying uh, for the people that created the internet, hide the fact that you were coding in HTML. Like yeah. nobody actually cares that it's HTML. Like, yeah. Nobody knows what HTML is, but they use the internet all the time. No, you don't have to hide that it's on blockchain, right? Because most exactly. people who have no interest in blockchain will just kind of, their eyes will glaze over and they won't even hear you anyways. But the yeah. people who are interested, those are the ones that you'll get the techie questions from. Um, and I think
2: there's something to doing what you can to bring those people over That are skeptical of it right if you can if you can kind of prove that hey um this is going to be around for a while i'm not going anywhere yeah
1: i just think i think that's very much that is what's going to be behind the scenes it's going to be the developers of games um he's back and the gaming companies that are having these conversations about blockchain and most of it won't look like people think people think when they think of blockchain they think that let's use Ethereum, let's use Polygon, let's use stuff like that. I think in the future, you're actually gonna see a lot of closed loop blockchain technology being used by these gaming companies. They're gonna develop and release their own blockchain. They won't be interchangeable. You'll have to do everything um, internally. And that's where it'll start because people wanna be very protective. These large gaming corporations will want to have control over everything. Um, So I think it's a very much a developer's conversation. but I think you're right. I think starting blockchain uh, gaming now um, just kind of ushers in the next era of of game developers using this technology to create their create their games and run their games on in the background. Uh, I rudely interrupted you, Burn, but then I realized you were frozen, and I also realized that. So, is there anything else you want to say? Yeah.
0: Okay. First, guess <laughs> what. What? I was coming to you live from Japan, so I had to um, disconnect my VPN. I think we're good now. Problem?
1: He's been he's been gambling in the background on a VPN.
0: <laughs> and I just had it connected. Keeps
1: the stream keeps freezing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So it'd be cool if that also translated everything I said to Japanese. Um, but it doesn't. AI man, it would, Yeah, for sure. Um. But anyway, yeah. Hide the fact that we're crypto. <laughs>
2: Uh, no NFT talk, he's gonna go um, back and watch this later. The, the part he missed when he got cut off,
1: right? I literally told him not to listen to you.
0: I know, I know you did, and that's why I just re emphasized that. Um, yeah. so yeah, um, let's see what else. There's a lot you could do to gamify it. I think that, like, if there's like specific prizes of true monetary value that you could tie into high scores to drive people um like something like good prizes they're going to be very more likely to want to participate um you know maybe pay out first top 10 or something with something i don't know what that would be but some sort of prize and obviously you'd want to talk to legal on that as well regarding you know doing giveaways and prizes and things like that but um, i think that could add some value um yeah man i mean it's a cool project it's cool games um i'm like 21 i don't have a ton of time uh to play it but you know if i did i would also be
2: mobile friendly too i don't know if i said that
0: that's what that was my next point i was gonna say yeah if it could be mobile and like people could be yeah participating through their phone without having to sign into a wallet you just sign in with your user id or whatever Mm. um You know, making a clean, easy sign in process so I don't have MetaMask open on my phone and I'm like trying to connect. I I don't even have MetaMask on my phone anymore because it's just a security risk. But um, yeah, I I think the, yeah, it's cool, man. I like it. I'll give you a 6.94206942069. I'll
2: take
0: it. (laughs) I was going in here
2: saying, if I get fives, I'm good.
1: Yeah. I think uh, there is something really uh, big about the suggestion that burn is offering up around prizes, right? I mean, you've been around gaming and, and back then, I guess it was the high score and getting your name on the machine. That was like the thing. Right. Um, But you know, in this uh, age that we live in, like people are just motivated by prizes. So I'm not telling you to go buy a Tesla and give that away, but I am saying that something of, tangible value that could get people excited. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just another avenue that you have to create hype and FOMO um, and get, to get people involved. Cool. We have one this
2: question
1: me. or something.
0: Who watch, who's watching. Who's watching Bluey? That would be me. Um, I was watching it earlier and I just forgot to turn it off. So I'm um, going Do, like Do you have a dog? Yeah, Bluey. Yeah. Blue, Bluey's a
2: dog. Um, no, do you gosh, have a dog? I oh, oh you do have a dog. A real dog? Yeah. Does he watch Bluey? Uh I've heard, like I've heard like that the colors in Bluey are made so dogs can actually see it. I'm gonna That's
0: try it. it later.
1: Okay. That's interesting. Uh obviously Bluey is an adult cartoon. I don't even know why we show it to our children. We just it's something <laughs> for it. to watch uh while our children are in the room. Um but uh yeah, I heard Bluey in the background as well.
0: All right, I gotta go. I gotta go pick up my kid. Let's play us out.
1: All right.
2: <laughs> that, uh, thanks, thank you, very much.
1: Appreciate it. Good luck on your launch and uh, let us know how it goes.
2: I will. Thank you.
0: All yeah,
1: right. thanks, man. This is where we just kind of sit here and stare at each other. Awkwardly stare at Burn. Red face. Did you get sunburned,
0: man? Are you working? I don't think so. No, I don't no, go outside. So you're just
1: stealing some of uh, OG Cialis pills, that's why you're super old. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: that could be it. Actually, I'm feeling it right now. So it's that Cialis feel and the screen. All right,
1: take it easy, guys.